Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I had a supporting member write in, and they said this and asked this question. They said, I was recently divorced, and now I would like to remarry. I'm 42 years old and do not consider myself a serial dater. What advice would you give a person like me? I also have two children, ages 10 and 12. I have custody of the kids. Well, this is a big topic, and so this is a big podcast. I have a lot of information to share with you. This really applies to all of us. It really doesn't matter where you are in your station of life. You know somebody who is divorced, somebody that has gone through it. Perhaps it is you. I hope that you will find this podcast is an encouragement to you. And for those of you who come along, uh, folks who are hurting this way, I hope that this will give you some instruction, some insight into how you can help them. And as always, you can come to us and ask whatever questions you may have on our forums. We would love to interact with you. It's very easy to do, so do that. And we'll be glad to chat with you about this topic or anything else that may be on your mind. The title of the podcast is, I am divorced and want to date. What are your thoughts? If you want to read a transcript of this podcast, go to our website, rickthomas.net. This article is longer than most. My long-form content usually tops out around 2,000 words. This one is 2,500 words, so it is a little bit longer, but it's that important, and I hope that it will encourage you if you are going through or if you've gone through a divorce. I hope it will discourage you from getting a divorce if you are in that place. And then, of course, for those of you who help others, I hope it will give you that kind of insight. Before I get into it, I want to say thank you to a couple of people. One is Carenza. She's been a supporting member for quite a while on our, on our, to our ministry, uh, but she raised her support to $25 a month. And so thank you so much, Carenza, for doing that. And then Matthew, thank you for becoming an annual member of our ministry. I'm so glad that you wanted to do that, and now you are supporting us. And then we have Ellie, who became a supporting member at $100 recurring every year. So thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Matthew, for coming on board. Thank you, Corenza, uh, for changing your membership up to $25 a month. I'm very grateful for that. And also Tara, who uh, is uh, got herself one of our coaching rooms. Did you know we have coaching rooms. We do. We have rooms where anybody uh, can come and have a private space to where they can talk about anything that they want to talk about. It's just you, or it may be your team. Perhaps you have a counseling ministry, a leadership team at a local church, maybe even a small group. It doesn't matter how many people it is or uh, the type of context that you have, but we have private. These are the these are not just private forums that everybody can get on who is a supporter, but these are. Cons, uh, coaching consulting rooms where you determine who is in there. It can be a single person or it can be 
any number of people. But if you want to talk more about that, please contact us. And it's just our team and you talking. And you can hit us up with questions at any time during the month. Talk about anything that you want to. But we've had coaching rooms for a number of years, even though I don't uh, hardly ever talk about it. Uh, but I do want you to know that that's available because it's important to have a private space to where you can consult with other people outside of your organization uh, about things that are going on within your organization or with uh, things that you are doing. And so if you want to know more about that, just contact us and we'll be glad to walk you through it. All right, let's talk about I'm divorced and want to date. What are your thoughts? And so here is a full transcript that I would share with this individual. But I would start out by saying that marriage disruption is is an expected outcome in today's culture, getting a divorce used to be a stigma. Now, in some places, it still is, but for the most part, it's an acceptable option. I would put option in quotation marks because it's really sad that it happens, but it is an acceptable option for a lot of folks when relationships begin to crumble, and Christians are not immune to this laissez-faire attitude about divorce. Many believers have adopted our culture's right to marry and divorce willy-nilly. Now, this wrong attitude is one of the reasons that I appreciate the question that the person is asking. Anytime that you will ask a question on this level about something so serious, as serious as this, it is an expression of your humility. It is an expression of your own self-suspicion. That you, don't, that you hold your thoughts lightly, knowing that you can be deceived, as we all can. And so you want to reach out and get ad, uh, advice. And I appreciate this person do, is doing that. And they're asking because they want to do what is right. Now, this desire to do what is right speaks to their humility. But also, it speaks to their hope to honor the Lord in the next phase of their life. Now, that is really fantastic. And so I appreciate the carefulness about remarriage. I appreciate the wisdom in seeking counsel in my uh, article and podcast where I talk about how to make a biblical decision. I use the four C's when making a biblical decision, and you want to employ all four of those C's, the letter C, canon, the Word of God, comforter, the Holy Spirit, conscience, what is God, how is God speaking to you, and community. And all four of those are critical when making a decision. And so this individual is reaching out to the community as part of the decision-making process as to whether uh, about dating and the pitfalls of dating and so forth. I do not have to tell this kind of person about divorce. I know they take it serious. They understand. If a person cares about God and family, that individual knows that separation and divorce are two of the most painful events in life. And if you have gone through that, I need not tell you. You know, especially if you did not want the divorce. Nobody gets married to become divorced. But when it does happen, your life is forever and immutably affected. You wear the scarlet D on your chest for the rest of your life. 
If you have children, the effects of divorce will be passed along to them. This sad reality is unavoidable. It is always a part of you. You can move on from your ex-spouse, but you have a new category. And I say Scarlet D because, unfortunately, especially, well, specifically within the Christian community, people can be quite harsh and unkind to people who have a divorce without fully understanding what all was involved in the deterioration of that relationship. And so it is unavoidable. It is a sad reality. The repercussion of divorce is what makes remarriage serious business. And for this individual, they no longer believe they will not be divorced. They're not naive any longer, not saying they were naive before, but without question, they're not naive now. They have lived through it. They know that it can happen. And apart from the Lord, there is nothing that can keep an individual from being divorced. If one of the partners begins to lose interest in God, they can divorce you at any time for any reason. Now, the culture certainly does not care. And our court system, they process divorce like running cattle through a cattle stall. It's just another thing that happens in the course of the day, and it's just not a big deal to our culture or our court systems. Integrity, honor, right and wrong, they do not always matter in a court of law, especially when it comes to dissolving a marriage. Once the partners go into the system, it is up to, honestly, whoever has the best lawyer, whoever has the most money, the mood of the judge. This is a dangerous game that we play when we center our lives on something other than God's Word. I hate divorce with a passion. But when you hear that statement, I don't want you to upload it and think in any way that I hate divorced people. I don't. I absolutely do not. But I hate the idea of divorce. I have spent most of my life, most of my adult life, dealing with divorce, divorced people, divorced children. This is a horrific situation, and it's one of the reasons I appreciate the individual taking this kind of time to ask the question, and it's why I want to paint the picture that I'm painting and walk through some of the things that you have to consider after your divorce and you're thinking about dating. There are no winners when divorce happens, and the biggest loser of all is the Lord. You see, when a couple makes a vow before God and others to stay together until death, and afterward they change their minds and become divorced, they slander God's name. You can read the vital health statistics, uh, statistics published by the Center of Disease and Control, the stats that I have here from July 2002, and you can get their statistical take on the matter. They did a study of cohabitation, marriage, divorce, remarriage in the United States, and statistically speaking, you will see how the stats are all over the place. They really are, depending on many data points like race, income, religion, the decade we're talking about, the duration of the marriage. But your chances of staying married a second time 
can be anywhere from single digits to over 50%. Now, these numbers go in the for-what-it's-worth department. The one factor that the vital health uh, statistics from the Center of Disease Control, the one factor that they can't measure is God. Though there can be some merit to stats, I would prefer that you default to biblical wisdom, humble yourself before the Lord, and seek counsel, which is what this person is doing. Now, if you're in a similar boat, or if you're curious about this idea, or if you're helping a person go through a divorce and are thinking about remarriage, I have written many articles on the various challenges involved when a person is thinking about divorce, or is divorced, or is working through the unending aftermath of the disruption. And I recommend that you read those articles on our website. Go to rickthomas.net. And you can go inside this article. I have a link here where we'll take you right to our divorce category, and you can you can scroll through. There's a lot of information there, and so you can scroll through and read. So Okay, so with all of that as a precursory uh, measure of this idea, I want to give you some random thoughts on uh, dating someone after you have been divorced. As for a second marriage, it depends on several things. Now, the first question that you have to ask is whether your divorce was biblical. Did you have a biblical divorce? This means, was adultery involved or were you deserted by your spouse? According to Matthew 19 and 1 Corinthians 7, there are only two reasons a person can divorce a spouse and be permitted to remarry. If you are biblically divorced, you are biblically free to date and eventually remarry. Now, I know that people will argue this point, these two, this, this point and I get it, I understand it. I'll probably get an email or two wanting to talk about it, and that's fine, but... This is my perspective here, and I believe Scripture supports that, and you're welcome to share your view if you do want to talk about it, but uh, this is where I'm working from. And so I'm going to assume that you are biblically divorced, and thus we'll move. I will move on to your question. Now, in such a situation of a biblical divorce, you're free to date, but I would give you several cautions for you to ponder, which is the point of your question that you're asking me as a general rule. I have found it best for folks to wait a year or more after their divorce before they began to date. Now, you can do whatever you want to do. I am not mandating anything here. I am only speaking from a whole lot of personal and counseling experience. I'm speaking as an old man here. I'm not mandating as though the Bible says this. But as a general rule, I have found it's best for folks to wait a year or more after their divorce. Now, I will lay out my reasoning for you, and you can measure your heart as to where you are and what you want to do. Now, I also recommend that you speak with someone who's close to you. I am not close to you, but somebody's close to you or should be close to you, and they understand you and your situation, and they have the grace and the courage to talk about the truth to you about this matter. And so I would encourage you to do that. Now, working under this idea of a general rule of waiting a while, uh, let me talk about let me give you some of my reasons for that. Number one is emotion. Divorce is an enormously emotional experience. As I said, nobody plans or wants it. When you're going through it, all kinds of feelings are in play. Some people have erroneously 
thought, once the divorce is final, they will be able to think clearly. That is just not true. You'll be able to think differently, but you will not be able to think clearly. Maybe you get out from under a horrible situation, a horrible human being that you were married to. You'll be able to think differently, but not necessarily clearly. This perspective of thinking clearly, it's just not true. The end of the divorce is not the end of the divorce process, especially if you have children. Being divorced is as new as being married, but it's harder. In many ways, divorce is not the finish line, but the starting line. You're beginning a different kind of marathon, and you do not have clarity no matter how much you think you do. Now, trust me on this. When you get 10 years out from the divorce, you'll look back and you'll think, oh my, I did not have clarity. When you were married, everything was optimistic, hope-filled, and communal. When you're divorced, everything is eerily different, uncomfortable, definitely uncharted waters, And there is the isolation factor, which is so real. The loneliness of being alone or the fear of being forever alone can motivate you to make a hasty decision. And so number one is emotion. Number two is subjective. Like marriage, you cannot know what you do not know. And there are a zillion things that you do not know about being divorced. You've never been here before. Coming out of the fog of the divorced proceedings does not mean you are out of the subjective dangers. In one sense, you will never come out of the fog because the residual effect of being divorced will always be with you. While you have to press on with life and please press on with life by making so many decisions, It is generally not wise to make big decisions during or right after traumatic events. Now, I think most anybody that has interacted with anyone that has gone through a traumatic event would tell you that. Years from now, you will reflect on these days, and you will realize the subjective fog that surrounded you. And so be slow, be careful, one, because of emotion, two, because of subjectivity, number three, because of children. As you stated, you have two children. Your children have never been here before either. This situation is no longer just about you. Last year, they were living with two parents. This year, they are shuttled between two parents. This new kind of life is disconcerting and life-altering. Dating too soon is one too many life-altering events for them to process. They do not have the mental or spiritual capacity to work through these kinds of changes. Give them time to acclimate to their new life. Don't let your need, your desire, your craving your preference to date and marry, get ahead of where your children are and what they need for this new season in their life. Give them your best qualitative and quantitative time. Before you add another person to their dysfunctional family system, 
which is exactly what they have. Let them get used to the new system, this dysfunctional family system. Let them get used to this new way of living. This transition is especially important at this time in their lives. Now, as you said, your, your children were 10 and, and 12 years of age, and that's why I say this is this transition that they're going through with marriage and divorce and possibly dating with you is an important time of their lives because they are transitioning in their own lives. They are moving from dependence, I need you dad, I need you mom, to interdependence as they're heading into the teenage years, which means there will be levels of insecurity unrelated to being divorced or being divorced kids that is working in their hearts as they go from being a child to becoming a young adult. Remember when you were transitioning from being a child to being a teenager, a young adult? Give them time to stabilize as much as they can under these circumstances. And so number one, consider your emotions. Number two, subjectivity. Number three, children. Number four, let's talk about dating. A person like you is especially vulnerable because of your age. This individual who's writing me is 42 years old. All divorced people are not cynical toward uh, all divorced people who are not cynical toward relationships are tempted to think that time is their enemy, which can compel them to make a quick decision. Now, if you're a divorced person and you are cynical toward relationships because of what you have just gone through, well, you probably aren't going to make a quick decision. But divorced people who are not cynical toward relationships, even after going through a horrendous marriage, you can be compelled to make a quick decision. Typically, a person like this will meet a girl who is so unlike his ex-wife and it will seem so right. I would say that you can meet almost anyone and she would be different from your ex-wife. Not hard to do based on your current opinion of your ex-wife. You have a skewed ability when it comes to thinking about Miss Wright. And so be careful with dating. Number five, integrity. In many cases, a person who begins dating soon after divorce already had thoughts about dating while he was still married. Even if he did not already know who he wanted to date, he had already indexed forward to his relational, his next relational opportunity. I have seen this so many times in counseling that while I'm counseling a person going through a divorce, they start talking about the next person that they want to date. This worldview is not only unwise and immature, but it is a character flaw regarding the covenant that he made with the Lord. I'm not saying this is the case with you, but I have seen this pattern too many times. A person who does not fight for his marriage down to the bitter end, but chooses to mentally plan the next season of his life with another relationship is not thinking clearly or biblically. To give up hope before the marriage is over is a presumption against the Lord's ability to change things. A girl should be careful about marrying this kind of person. If you're on the this that side, the dating end of a relationship, of a person who is already indexed forward while they are still married, you're in a bad place. One of the things you want to see in a leader is persevering grace. 
Are you persevering? Do you have persevering grace? I would want to marry a person who fought to the end rather than a person who gave up before the Lord biblically closed the books on their marriage. If this is the case with a person you are thinking about dating, investigate to see if this is a pattern in in her life or his life. If it is, when your new marriage hits the rocks, which it will, you will be unsure how long that person will persevere with you. And so integrity, you want to measure that. And then rush, rushing into something. If the Lord wants you to be married, he will bring the right person to you. What is the rush? What if you gave some time to seek the Lord? Why do you have to marry Another relationship on the hills of divorce is a distraction from a season of clarity you desperately need with the Lord. You need a relational break more than you need a relational attachment, which is common sense thinking that applies to many things we do in life. I used to be historically a runner, and when I would finish a run, I have back issues now, so I can't, but when I would finish a run, I didn't start another one. I took a break. Taking a break is natural and expected. For example, people love weekends. But this is what you're going through is not a two-day retreat. There are not many situations where the stakes are higher than marriage, divorce, dating, and remarriage. A break is prudent. What if you gave yourself some time to be lonely? What if your next big relational adventure was with the Lord rather than with a girl? As far as planning the rest of your life, undistracted time with God would be amazingly profitable and biblically wise. Next point is weaker. I'll talk about weakness just for a minute. In my experience, almost without exception, a divorced man is quicker to date than a divorced woman. I've seen a few reasons for this trend. Let me share eight of them with you. One, men can be relationally weaker than women when it comes to a desire for the opposite sex. Two, women are typically more hurt and more reluctant to get into another relationship. Three, divorced men are eagerly attracted to physical intimacy. Four, divorced women can take or leave sex, generally speaking. Five, men are more willing to take a risk because they do not have to submit to a woman. Very much different for a woman. Uh, Number six, women are not willing to submit to another man mainly if the last one was a jerk. Number seven, men are usually less cautious regarding their children and more self-focused. And then finally, number eight, women are less likely to expose their children to another failed marriage. And so there's a weakness here that's typically with men than it is with women, and so you want to factor this in. Also, your girlfriend. In situations where there are children... The prospective girlfriend and her parents, when it's appropriate, should be involved in the decision for her to date a divorced guy. If she has not married anyone yet, she will become an instant mom. Now, as you know, new moms are nervous and naive about rearing their babies. Guess what? It is exponentially more difficult for a new mother to step into a situation where there are older children in the mix. 
A common question that comes through our membership forum is related to the problems that arise from blended families. It is painfully challenging to make something right that has been made wrong by divorce. You need to factor in this girl. Making a good marriage from a lousy marriage takes a woman with a unique gift mix and skill set plus a mature walk with Christ. She needs to be stable through and through with her walk with God. Marrying a divorced person will test her like no other time in her life. She must be willing to sacrifice the newlywed part of her marriage, for example. There will be no husband and wife time. She will, begin, she will become involved with parental responsibilities before the honeymoon begins. And so consider your girlfriend. And finally, reconciliation. What if the Lord wanted to reconcile you with your spouse, your ex-wife? Divorce does not have to be final, even if your ex-wife committed adultery. What if you waited for her to close the door officially, biblically? What I mean is, what if you waited until she remarries? I am throwing this out there for you to ponder. As I've said, you're free to do as you please. If you have a biblical divorce and if your conscience is free in the Lord, your community affirms what you want to do. I am thinking about the grace of God here, as well as the reconciling power of the gospel. Divorce is not necessarily the end of the road. It doesn't have to be final. What if God authentically and objectively gave your ex-wife a new heart and she wanted to reconcile? The gospel is about reconciliation, and if she's got her heart right with God, what a powerful testimony that would be. Ultimately, it is your call. I've given you nine things to think about and apply to your life. They're random thoughts. That is all. These are things any person should think about when counseling a divorced person. The title of the article, I'm divorced and want to date. What are your thoughts? Well, there you have them. If you want to talk, let me know. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.